Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. Hosted by myself, Parker Shaw, and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. This is Parker, your host from the marketing team. And April... And Jason Bruce. Awesome. Yeah, we are so excited to have Jason Bruce on the podcast today. So Dr. Jason Bruce is a podiatrist for Ogden Clinic and super talented in his field. And we're really lucky to have you with us today. Thanks for coming out. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So just for our audience's sake, um, could you tell us a little bit where you practice, what building you're in and city? I am in Layton at the Davis Family Physicians. Uh, It's on Gordon Avenue. Um, The building actually had a fire. Uh, a couple years ago, I believe, and they rebuilt it. And when they rebuilt it, they put me in there. So All right. It's great. I've been there for about a year and a half. I've been with Ogden Clinic for about three years now, and and we're happy. It's great. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. So are you uh, originally from Ogden, from Utah? Uh, originally from Salt Lake. Grew up uh, in Salt Lake and um, born and raised here. I uh, went to undergrad school, then I went to uh, med school in San Francisco, Nice. And it was great down there. And then uh, did my residency back here at the University of Utah. Um, And after residency, uh, Intermountain Healthcare hired me out of residency. So nice. That's awesome. I worked there at McKady Hospital for 12 or 13 years or so. Oh, okay. And uh, I started their foot and ankle clinic there. And then I I joined Ogden Clinic. Very cool. So. A little bit about yourself. What do you like to do outside of checking out people's feet? <laughs> it's funny because I am like the last person to look at people's feet at a party. My wife will be like, look at her feet. And I <laughs> You don't notice them? I don't. Yeah, I'm like, um, you see too many every I day, right? Them, yeah. uh, no, I like, I love the outdoors. I like to fly fish. Um, I love to golf. Uh, like to go hiking with my dogs and we love outdoor things. And so. Nice. Where's your favorite golf course in Utah? I... There's a probably Wasatch Mountain up in Midway. Okay, it's, yeah, it's, it's beautiful up there. Yeah. It's so interesting because you play golf around the country, and that course is as pretty as it gets, and it's cheap, and it's public, and, you know, hey, for what you even can get. Even better, here, right? Yeah, good we're to pretty, know. We're pretty lucky in Utah for yeah. the golf courses we have. Oh, there, yeah, we've so. got a, a great variety, and I feel like they're, you know, a lot of them are really high quality as Absolutely. well. So that's cool. So, Dr. Bruce, do you have any memorable patient stories? I had a patient. uh, It's been a few years now, um, but I won't forget this. So she came into me, and she said she had a cyst on her ankle. And she took off a Band-Aid, and she did have this little kind of sore on her ankle. And it was kind of, I mean, it was kind of draining. It did not look infected or anything. And and she said, I've got a cyst here. I've had surgery on it, it, and it didn't work. And... And so when you see something like that, you know, it needs, it was obvious that it needed to be removed. And so I said, well, we can go back to surgery. And, and I did research on her and this had been, this would have been her fourth surgery. Oh, wow. really? And she told me, I called her and she said, yeah, I've been, I've been down to the university. I've had three or four doctors and a plastic surgeon uh, look at this and had surgery and, and now I'm to you. <laughs> and I was, I said, well, okay. So we went back to surgery with her. And I was, I found the cyst in her ankle and I, and I kind of cut it out and I was, it didn't look remarkable at all really. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know what, why it hadn't healed before. And then I looked down 
just before I was about done, I was about ready to sew it up, and I looked down, and the base of the wound had this little black thing, and I reached down and pulled out a stick. A stick? <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was probably almost six inches long. What? That was, I have never heard anything No, like it was crazy. So the anesthesiologist like pokes over his, pokes over the drape, and he's, what is that? What is that? <laughs> it was crazy. So, <laughs> I mean, my happen? nurse, well, so she... So I pulled this thing out, and it really was like a tree branch. I mean, it was small. I mean, a little what? bit smaller diameter than a pencil, but it was almost the size of a pencil. And I pulled it out, and, and it was obvious that she had jammed this into her ankle somehow. So mm-hmm. I pulled it out, and, you know, and I put it in a plastic cup, and we gave it to her. And <laughs> I said, Look, yeah, it was a souvenir. So I just talked to her about it, and she, she had been hiking, hiking up in Morgan, she told me. Before this all started, before all of her surgery, she was hiking up in Morgan. She said, I remember I was hiking in like some Teva sandals. Mm. And I I remember kind of walking past like a a sagebrush and kind of brushed against it, she said. And I felt like I got a scratch on my ankle right where the cyst was. And she said, you know, I kind of had that little sore there ever since. But that had been like nine months ago and four surgeries ago. And so I think, you know, the other doctors had just kind of made an incision and didn't really see anything and sewed it up. And it happened, you know, three other times. And I guess I just went a little bit deeper, but she had basically jammed a big branch of sagebrush into her foot. That's intense. That's it was awful. crazy. Oh my gosh. You get like so... a sliver in your finger and like it hurts you. Yeah, yeah it you had gone it. so deep. It went between the bones from her, just below her ankle actually down into her foot. And it was long. And wow. I mean, it was, yeah. Well, she's, party story. Yeah. Party favor. <laughs> right. No, that's really cool. She's lucky that you were able to dig that yeah, out. Yeah, that's wow. so cool. That's awesome. Well, I guess that kind of takes us into our topic for the day. Sure. You know, we wanted to get to know you as a podi- podiatrist and kind of know, uh, I guess, learn a little bit more for our audience. Some of the main things that people come to see you for, you know, we hear about different professionals such as like orthopedic surgeons, podiatry, and sometimes there's a little bit of murky water between two of those. Like, what would you go to? And so what are some of the main things that you see in treating your people and patients that come visit you? There's some crossover there for sure. There are, um, so podiatry school is four years. Um, We take classes with everybody else. And so we take, you know, all the same classes and then. At the end of the four years, we have to take board exams and st- such, and then we do residency. So residency is anywhere from, you know, two years to four years. And um, so I did a surgical residency, and so that meant thousands of foot surgery cases. So the real difference with a podiatrist versus, like, an orthopedic surgeon who does foot surgery is um, I know what I'm going to be doing in the very, very beginning because you don't you don't go to podiatrist school and end up and end up delivering babies, right? So, right. So that's all we study that intensively for years in school, and then most of my surgery and residency is foot surgery. So, um, like an orthopedic surgeon, they rotate through all parts of the body. So, you know, they can take call at the hospital and have a broken wrist, and then they can fix a broken ankle, and they can do a knee. And and um, we are really just focused on feet. So that's probably a difference. But there's definitely some crossover. And uh, Ogden Clinic has Dr. Powell um, that I send things to him that he sees more than I do, and and back and forth. Yeah. So. That's yeah. great. All right, everybody. We wanted to interrupt this week's episode to tell you about our very first 
ever podcast contest. So we have a couple of awesome prizes up for grabs and we wanted to make sure our listeners were informed first so that you can have an advantage in this contest. First, I wanted to tell you about the prizes that we're giving away. Our grand prize is going to be a grande minky blanket from Minky Couture, which I'm so excited about. It's getting colder outside and what's better than snuggling up in your minky blanket? They're so warm and the softest things around, so can't wait to give that one away. In addition, we're going to also be giving away five to 10 small prizes ranging from tickets and gift cards and so we're excited to have multiple winners that will be a lot a lot of fun so we wanted to give our listeners extra entries for this contest for supporting us and being here and listening to the podcast so in order to receive your advantage or your five extra entries you do so by subscribing and leaving a review this week from october 22nd 2019 to october 28th 2019 if you leave your review and subscribe during those dates that i just said the 22nd to the 28th you will have five times the chances of winning Um, So just make sure in your review, you recognize your username because that's how we'll um, give you those extra entries. Um, But yeah, it's really simple to leave the review. You just do so on the Apple podcast app. Um, You click the little subscribe button beneath our thumbnail and the review, you just do that within the app as well. Next week, we'll be announcing this contest to all of our followers on social media where you can enter once more by leaving your email. Our followers next week will be doing the same, leaving a review and subscribing, but won't get those extra chances. So all in all, with the five entries you can get by entering this week, combined with the entry that you can submit next week with the rest of the people that aren't listening today, you'll have six chances of winning these awesome prizes. We really can't wait to award these to all of our awesome listeners and fans, and thanks for supporting us. Now back to the podcast. So as a podiatrist, I can I don't know why I have such a hard time saying <laughs> podiatrist. As a podiatrist, what are some of the main cases that you see, like maybe like um, the bread and butter cases that sure. you see? Sure. Well, for my surgeries, I do uh, a few in-office things. I do a lot of ingrown toenails um, in the office. Uh, you know, I do probably five to ten a day. I wow. do a lot of them. They are so. the they're the absolute worst. They are, and and you know it's it's amazing how many times I have the same story uh, from patients. Even adults will come in and they'll they'll burst into tears. Probably probably once a month I'll have an adult when I say you've got an ingrown toenail we've got to fix this and they'll start crying because they'll tell me I had this done in the ER it was the worst experience of my life and and you know we're good at it but I have to be good at it because a lot of them I do are in six or seven year old kids you know right. and so we you know we have ways of doing it without really having pain but i see a lot of ingrown toenails um i mean i've probably done 20 to thirty thousand right. of them in my career so oh my goodness uh, we do a lot of that and then um for surgeries i do you know typical fractures someone drops something on their foot or breaks their foot um i do a lot of that and i do a lot of bunion surgery um for my non-surgical uh page non-surgical problem i see in my office is Number one is for sure plantar fasciitis. That's the most common reason anyone sees a foot doctor. It's a common heel pain, and I see that, you know, five times a day. Wow. Okay. So maybe kind of diving in those a little bit more. Um, Plantar fasciitis, what are some of the causes of that? So it's there's a lot of misconception out there about what it really – I find that patients will see – 
you know, they'll see other providers or a therapist or they'll read on the internet and they never really get a very good understanding of what it really is. And that I, I find myself explaining really what the problem is. Um, and once patients understand the problem, then they understand it's easy to get to what the solution is. Um, it, plantar fasciitis is really a tearing of the plantar fascia tissue, and this is a tissue that everybody has in the bottom of their arch. Everybody has it. It's it's really tight. In some per- people, it's it's really really tight. And in those people that 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 have a really tight plantar fascia, when they walk on their foot, they tend to tear it a little bit. It's back by the heel bone is where it gets torn. And the second that it tears, you now have plantar fasciitis, and you're not going to feel better until that tear heals up. Well, the problem is. Every time you you lay down or you go to bed at night, it tries to start to heal a little bit, uh-huh. and then as soon as you stand up in the morning, mm. you re tear it again. Oh dang it! Yeah, it takes like three or four weeks to heal, and you have to do some pretty specific things to get it to heal. And and those things are not super intuitive to patients. They don't really, a lot of people, you know, uh, don't really figure that out on their own, and so they they get so frustrated. So they'll read something on the internet and they'll try for three or four days, and they might be feeling a little bit better. And then, you know, it, they get up one morning and they step on and it hurts again and, and they likely are re-tearing it again. Oh, gosh. And they're right back to square one and they get super frustrated. So, so do you have to be off your feet for that whole time? Or? No, you don't. We have to, we put patients in an arch support that we just have in our office. It's, you know, 30 or $40 and, and we give them exercises to do. We give them very strict rules about okay. the shoes they wear. Um, and we have them wear something overnight as well. It's kind of a 24-hour treatment plan, but... Probably 95 out of 100 patients that I see, we can get better usually in about a month without having any surgery or anything. That's so, amazing. Yeah. It's really good it's, it really is, should be a non-surgical problem for the vast majority of people. The problem I see is that patients are not, it's not really explained to them well mm-hmm. what the problem is. And once they understand what the problem is, it's not hard to figure it out. They just, they don't know the right things to do and how long to do them. Right. And, and so once that's explained, we get it. So. Yeah. Well, and here I am like pitching. You have to be like laying in bed for like three <laughs> weeks. Lay right. well, your leg and <laughs> call that, was, that would work though. I mean, I've had patients who have had plantar fasciitis and they come in and they, you know, I said, well, here's what you have to do. And then like the next day they break their ankle and they're in a cast for six weeks. Well, guess what happens when their cast comes off? It's, no it's more gone. Hey. Yeah. Cause there you it, go. exactly. So, you know, it would work if you put them in a cast, but we don't have to do that. So. Okay. So kind of jumping through those the other common things that you see. So ingrown toenails, I guess we're kind of jumping back to that. What sure. are some of the causes of that? There's two main causes for sure. Um, uh, it's trimming your nails too short and then rounding the corners. And so if you round the corners or cut them back, you are allowing the, the nail behind where you're getting to to roll a little bit. And mm. So you're not going to cause an ingrown toenail today by cutting back the corner of your toenail. But down the road, that nail behind as it grows in rolls under a little bit. So you want, and, and eventually it'll roll under enough that it'll dig into skin. <laughs> so you want the corners of the nails past the skin and on top of the skin. And um, it's a little bit difficult for people to do that. I've never, never really done it before. But if you cut your nails too short around the corners, you're gonna likely end up with an ingrown toenail. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I've I've actually been plagued with those. I feel like, and it's obviously my own fault, and I'm yeah. finding out. But I even at Disneyland, I had one, and I was yeah. like, oh, what a great place to have an ingrown toenail. <laughs> There's never a good place. And you know, I see I see missionaries um, every week who come back from their two-year mission. And they've been dealing with it for a year, or, or they had it fixed in Brazil or somewhere, and they're 
been dealing. I mean, I have I have kids come back every week and talking to me about how painful it was. So it's a painful problem. And I see a lot of teenagers um, with ingrown toenails. I mean, I see probably three or four teenagers every day. Right. Well, I think the the best part about it. I mean, even though it sounds like scary to get it fixed, I feel like getting your ingrown toenail fix is like a lot less painful than having to deal with the constant pain. For sure. So yeah. So if you, so let me talk real quickly about what we do. So if we need it fixed, um, if they're, you know, in my office, I put numbing, they have to get numb and you have to get the patient all the way numb. And that frankly is a very important part of the little surgery procedure we do. I mean, and, and oftentimes that's neglected. And so if you go to, you know, an ER someplace that doesn't do a lot of them, you might end up not getting numb. And okay. that so that's is the reason for some of the horror torture. Stories. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you hear awful stories and more of, of, you know, enemies pulling toenails off of people without anesthesia. I mean, it hurts. It's a torture device. So um, we get them all the way numb. And in order to do that, you do have to get some shots. But I start by giving numbing cream on their toe and that sits there for for several minutes and that starts and then i use a lot of freezing spray so you don't really feel the shots really yeah, and and I, i'm very careful about that and to make sure they're all the way numb because if once they're all the way numb patients can relax and the procedure itself really only takes me about five minutes so i take the side of the nail out permanently and kill the cells that grow that piece of nail and so as long as patients in the future are good about how they trim their nails they shouldn't get it back again yeah and that'll solve it for them Awesome. And we actually have, um, I've seen you do one of these. We have an episode of The Scope, if you follow us on social oh, yeah. or on That's YouTube. That's right. right. Yeah, we came in and you did it. It was fast, too. And um, yeah, the patient didn't gross, seem to mind. But <laughs> it's kind of gross to watch for people sometimes. But, yeah, if um, you're into that, check yeah. it out. We do have a video of a it's, ingrown yeah. It's actually removal. shocking how like the, those procedural videos do really well. And I think there's, oh, really? a, there's a big... It's funny. Yeah, draw to those. And I think the one that you did for um, foot fungus is, has done really well, too. Oh, really? Man, it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> who would have thought? So would've speaking thought. of foot fungus, um, we've done some marketing for you. You actually sure. are using a new technology, well, a newer technology for sure. foot fungus. Can you tell us more about that? Well, it's so it's really for toenails. So fungus is really athlete's foot on your skin. Okay. Uh, is when when you say about foot fungus, it's probably you're talking most of the time about athlete's foot on the skin, and that is a solvable problem with stuff you can buy just at Walgreens. So most of the time topicals will work for athlete's foot. Um, the problem that I see for people if they have athlete's foot is they're just not using the stuff long enough or, or often as they should. Okay. So, um, but if the fungus gets from the skin into their nails, then it's a much harder problem. So that is fungal toenails, and, and I do see that every day as well. That's a very difficult problem to deal with. So you have to remember that fungus likes, I mean, it's like a plant, okay, and, and, but it likes warm and dark and moist. So Perfect. Right inside <laughs> your, your shoes. Shoe, yeah. Yeah. And if it gets underneath your nail, um, it's just a perfect place to live. And, and so, um, Parker, you asked earlier about the incidence of it, and so... The, the numbers actually tend to follow how old you are. So if you're 60, 60% of the people um, your age group in the country have it. And as wow. you're 70, it gets to 70%. So it definitely, you're in the majority if you have it as you get older. And it's hard to treat. I mean, there really is only a couple of treatments that even work. Um, there's a lot of stuff you'll find on the internet and, and different soaks and vinegar and different things. And those just don't work. I mean, I tell patients all the time, don't, don't waste your time. If you're going to treat it, there's really there's a prescription pill you can take and if you're going to do that we monitor your liver 
when you're taking that. Um, and then we have a laser. So the laser works the best of everything, but insurance considers it cosmetic, so they don't pay for it. So it's oh, it's wow. fairly it's fairly <laughs> cheap, but um, that has the best success of, of all the things that we do. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also in your office. You do it pretty affordably as well. Yeah, too, I think as far it's as like three, the national average. Right. I think it's only three hundred dollars right now, and you pay. You actually get three different treatments. So we, you pay the first time you so come. So hundred bucks a visit. That doesn't seem too bad to we, permanently. You pay. Remove. You're right. You pay three hundred dollars the first time you come, and then you don't have to pay for a second and a third visit. Okay. So. Um, and it takes about 20 minutes. It doesn't hurt. We laser actually all your toenails. So some people will come to me and they say, I, I think it's just on one nail. And I'll look at it, and it might be starting on a second nail. But we laser all their toenails for that price. Right. And and then it takes about a year, and that can be frustrating as well. So if you think about it, it's like a plant kind of woven through your nail. And even if I could snap my fingers and magically kill that plant like a weed in your lawn, it's still there, even mm-hmm. if it's dead. Yeah. And you're not going to see that it's gone for about a year as the nail grows out. So wow. you're still waiting for a while. But, but the laser is definitely the best treatment we've ever had for it. Um, it works better than the pills. There's no liver danger, you know, that the pills can have. So yeah. it's a pretty popular thing. And we that's do that cool that you guys so, offer that. Yeah. So I guess like the last thing that we wanted to talk about, and maybe we can wrap up with this one, sure. is bunions. Uh, you said you see a lot of that. I mean, yep. is is that genetic, or what? Sure. What causes those? It is genetic. A lot of a lot of people think that they caused it, or a lot of women will ask me if if it was from wearing high heel shoes, and it's not from that. And so, um, it is genetic, and so you can blame mom or dad or grandma for it. <laughs> um, and you can usually look back and, you know, look at your relatives and, and find an older relative, and you can usually find somebody who's got one. But um, bunions are essentially a surgical problem. So uh, you can buy whiter shoes, um, and, and that'll help. And when you're sick of that game, then we talk. And I have people every day in my office who I say, no, you don't, you don't need surgery because it's not a fun surgery to do. And so I tell people all the time, you don't do the surgery until you – until your bunion is preventing you from doing things uh, in your life. So if, if you can't go work out anymore, go walk the dog, go ski, go jog, go hike, if, if, or even go to work, if, if you have to, you know, and, and I tell people, you know, if you get your satisfaction and life joy out of walking the dog every day and suddenly you can't do that anymore because of your bunion, then we'll get it fixed, mm-hmm. you know, so we can get back to doing those things. And so... The typical bunion surgery takes me, it's usually outpatient surgery, and I, you know, do it in about 30 minutes or so. It's done in the hospital. You're under anesthesia. Um, and it takes about six weeks to recover from it. You're wearing a boot most of the time. And so it's like having a broken foot. Um, left foot's a lot easier for than right foot because you can still drive and get around when it's oh, your left yeah. foot. Oh, I think about that. that. Yeah, yeah, people don't think about that. So, But I do a lot of it. I mean, I do a ton of a ton of them. Yeah, and it's important if you're going to have your bunion fixed to get it fixed the right way. There are some wrong ways for sure. And if you get it fixed the right way, it should not come back. And, um, you know, and I do several every week. So Awesome. Well, Dr. Bruce, thanks for all that information that you shared today. I mean, I think this is really good information for myself and our audience and knowing when and when you should go visit a podiatrist. So thank you for you're welcome. That, all that you shared and enlightened us with. And for all of us listening today, thank you for listening to The, the Daily, Daily Diagnosis. Diagnosis. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. We're so happy that you joined us today. If you would like to find more information about Ogden Clinic, our providers or locations, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. If you're listening today from Apple Podcast app, Make sure you leave us a review or subscribe so you can receive more information about the different episodes that we post. We love getting feedback from our audience, so 
those reviews are priceless to us. If you also would like to shout us out on social media, our Instagram handle is at Ogden Clinic. You can also send us a DM if there's a topic that you would like our providers to cover, and we really look forward to hearing from you. We post episodes weekly, so tune in next week, and we can't wait to be with you again. Have a great week.